Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was Shade Empire with Torn Asunder. They're a symphonic extreme metal act out of Finland. They've been around for quite a while, since 1999, in fact. So if you haven't heard of them until now, you've been missing out. They've got their sixth full-length album, Sunholy, dropping on September 15th via candlelight records that means it's already out you can go listen to it now check out the whole thing because as you may have just heard if you like black metal death metal symphonic metal extreme metal whatever that means it was all there in that track from shade empire again their new album sunholy is out now available everywhere courtesy of Candlelight Records. And the song you just heard was Torn Asunder. If you're like, hey, I just want to hear that single over and over. Well, there you go. You can do that. It was both uh, passionate and pretty. And unfortunately, we don't do a whole lot of pretty here on Getting It Out podcast, but we always have a lot of passion. And on this episode, I've got an interview with the most passionate Irishman I've ever spoken to. And that's easy to say because he has zero competition. It's Alan Averill. Of primordial, you may also know him as AA Nem Thianga, but it was easier to say his real name. So we're gonna talk all about that. And you know, you know what's not symphonic or pretty? New Jersey's hot zone, but they fucking rip. So let's listen to him. Podcasting is a hell of a lot easier when I got some good old local news that's making national news and in some cases world news. But unfortunately, they caught the prisoner. I told you that in the last episode, and I can't talk about that anymore, though I can still lead in with it. Or we can go with more local news for you wherever you're listening in the world. I want you to know that a new family owned bakery and charcuterie business has opened in Lancaster County. Not a joke. That's real. Reading headlines here. They uh, a man has died in a house explosion in Lancaster County, a white ibis bird spotted in Lancaster County. Uh, that's that's pretty good. Dale Obermark and Caitlin Sams of Escape to Margaritaville are coming to Dutch Apple Dinner Theater or just did. Good timing as a tribute to the great Jimmy Buffett. Just kidding. I don't care about him. And uh, there's another guy. His name is David Sinopop, Sinopoli. His homicide case is uh, set to start uh, sometime. They made a date. And we can also look at a list of the 10 most expensive homes sold in Lancaster County between September 11th and the 17th. I don't know why we would do that. I don't think we can. I think I'm losing steam on this already. A wolf sanctuary, which we have here. Do you want to come to Lancaster and see wolves? We got them. We went to an Italian festival over the weekend, which is cool. My wife's Italian. And uh, it was uh, it was it, there was some cool things to check out. But the only uh, pain in the ass was standing in line to get food. Uh, every food truck truck had a line a mile long. And that made it a little frustrating. But we got some food and then uh, we checked out some Italian stuff and then we got out of there. That was a very Lancaster thing to do. This is a bad tourism commercial for Lancaster, but I'm not trying to sell you on coming to Lancaster. In fact, I'd prefer if you'd stay away. That'd be best. How about a hard transition into what this episode is about? That's what this is right here, right now. On this episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Alan Averill of Primordial. They've got a new record coming out. It's called How It Ends. It drops September 29th on Metal Blade Records. You might have heard a couple of the singles. They're out there right now. The latest one is called Pilgrimage to the World's End. And I'm going to play that for you right now. And then we're going to get into my conversation with Alan.
even though you guys primordial has been around for 30 plus years uh you didn't get onto my radar until 2014 with where greater men have fallen but since then and of course i went back and checked out the rest of the stuff but since then uh you've been uh you've been putting out excellent records well i mean evil exile amongst the ruins and now this new one how it ends do you find that a lot of people uh, have gotten on board around the same time, late to the party, like myself? Um, some people, yeah. I mean, we're not one of those. We're honestly not one of those bands that, um, how can we say, um, people are just only demanding that they hear the debut album. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not really what who Primordial are. I'm quite thankful for that because that means we're not like, um, we don't have to, we're not tethered to the debut and have mm-hmm. to, keep playing only the first one when we're 50 years old, you know, um, I, it's quite, I'm quite thankful that the last two albums are actually the most popular. Um, but no, it's whenever somebody gets into the band, it's, it's, it's fine by me, you know, I mean, Imram is a long time ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah, that's uh, what 92, 93, something like that back then. Um, 94, I guess. 94. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it will be 30 years. Um, that's a long time doing anything. Uh, especially being in 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 a band, how much changed when you jumped, made the jump to Metal Blade Records? Yeah, I mean, look, a, a lot changed. You know, we were signed by Michael Trengart, the old boss in Europe. Mm-hmm. Rest in power, Mr. Trengart, sorely missed. And he took a chance because we came from this pagan black metal scene. Metal they didn't really have many bands like us, and we grew along with them. They're the last of the independents left, like truly independent that isn't owned mm-hmm. by. Um, one of the, you know, kind of the despicable parent companies, so to speak. Um, and yeah, you know, contrary to what most people outside would think of a big label, they never interfere with anything we do. They don't put any demands on us. They don't have any artistic, uh, you know, they don't put any sort of pressure on us. When, but it's, a, you know, we all know them personally. And when Promodio comes through town, people come out, we all hang out and have a drink. So it's a, it's a great there's a great personal relationship as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been an interesting label to grow up on because we, of course, grew up with all the great bands like Sir Thongal and Trouble and stuff. Um, so it has a great heavy metal history and tradition. But also um, just that it was a different choice for Primordial um, than some of the others around that we had offers from. And that made us kind of think stand out a bit more. Um, you know, the nature of a record label has changed now in 2023 compared to when we signed in 2005 or six. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's been a, you know, rewarding and fruitful personal relationship over all those years. Yeah. I'd imagine it seems to work out well for both of you. I don't know because, you know, within all the genre uh, sub genres, whatever, I don't know where uh, primordial, like, I don't know where exactly you fit in. That's kind of one of the things that I that I like about you guys is that I have a hard time putting my finger on what it is you are exactly. And not that that matters. It's just, you know, yeah. we all like to put a genre tag on something. Yeah. Did signing with Metal Blade alienate you guys in through any of those scenes? I don't know, really. I mean, you know, the underground is the underground and underground labels trade with each other. So I mm-hmm. suppose on some kind of economic level, it, it does put you in a different um stratosphere whatever you want to say because no longer can x underground label trade 100 copies with y um major or bigger label mm-hmm. but i think most of those things had resolved themselves for over the last couple of years as everybody found there's less and less physical copy um no i don't think so i mean it um, it is what it is i mean at the end of the day now in 2023 um, people who want to hear the record who don't have the financial means to buy a CD or record will be able to hear it, um, which was probably a little bit, things were a little bit different, you know, in 2008 or 2007 and um, when you're still selling physical copy. But, no, I mean, it clearly was different that Primordial was on Metal Blade, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we, there wasn't any many other black metal. It's, they've never really been a black metal label. Um, they've never really been a pagan metal label, although you have bands like Tear on there and stuff. Um, you've got Amon Marth, I suppose, could be called pagan death metal, I suppose. Um, so it's it's not totally alien, but our particular brand of um, this sort of, you know, tragic, epic, blackened kind of pagan doom or whatever whatever you want to call it, 
is a bit odd uh, to be on play. But I, you know, I, I like the um, I like the juxtaposition of those two things personally. So yeah, I understand that. I I, I enjoy that as well. The uh, speaking of 2023, how it ends is your new record. It's going to come out uh, September 29th, I believe, is the official release date. It's your tenth <laughs> record, so people would probably make a big deal out of that. I don't know how if that matters to you at all, um, but there's. Uh, I feel like you've been on a roll lately, a late late career roll, but maybe that's just because of where I came in. Um, but what, what about the release of How It Ends? Are you most excited about? I'm not really a man who gets very excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not really my style. Um, no, I mean it's um, it's a milestone number ten. We never thought we'd get to ten when we're at one. And you click your fingers and 10 years goes by and do it again. And, you know, um, you're all of a sudden you're in it for 30 odd years. And the most interesting thing has been over the last five or six years that we've moved from being um, you're you're no longer young men. You're Mm -hmm. moving into middle age, which is all these genres are moving. All these subcultures are moving into middle age as well, whether it's black metal, death metal. Um, pagan metal, whatever you want to say, heavy metal itself is just becoming an old genre. And you're witnessing yourself moving into that last few chapters, um, not just as a band, but just as people as well. And that's been um, an interesting, revealing, um, sometimes dark, but sometimes difficult process to um, fully get to grips with. So ten to get to 10 feels like a big milestone. Now, like I said, I'm not a man who gets really excited about very much. It's not really my style. Um a bit more understated than that. Um, but for me, really, it's um, I feel we're sitting on a very strong record. The biggest thing about being in a, a band this long is to be able to step outside the boundaries of the band and look in, inward from the outside and go, do they still sound like they fucking mean it? Do you still have conviction? Do you still sound like you have something to say and you mean what you say? And on all those counts, I listen to this new record and I go, yeah, it sounds vital and energetic and also i think somehow in my own small way i think the metal scene sort of needs or the metal scene needs a record like this in a way it's a it's the the tone of the record is built on a kind of doomed defiance so it's an angry record it's a defiant record it's got a sort of rebellious streak outlaw streak to it um that i think is you know good that we leaned into that was always in us but it's it's a bit more epic a bit more metal a bit more defiant um and feels like some it's somehow needed a bit now, you know. Do you mean that more in sound or message or maybe both? Message and sound. Yeah. Um, feels to me like an awful lot of heavy metal has become very conformist and um, forgotten the idea that art, one of one of art's great powers is to try and hold power to account. Far too many metal musicians and people and bands in the industry. I've forgotten that and have been, um, how shall we say, um, doing the bidding of um, the state, doing the bidding of the governments and transnational corporations and pharma and whatever else. And so um, they've forgotten what being a rebel actually means or being an outlaw actually means, I think, on some level. And so this, to me, this is our small fuck you also to some of those people. <laughs> um, I, but that's I always like a well done fuck you. It is not a reaction. Yeah, Pomodio is not really a reactionary band. And, you know, my politics aren't necessarily everybody else's politics. It's not even about politics, really. It's about the concept of liberty and how we relate to liberty and how I think we are lurching towards more authoritarian times. There's no doubt about it and about the people who seem to be willing that into being, who are, um, who almost seem to want it, um, and how we've forgotten um, principles of democracy and freedom of speech and all this important stuff. But I'm not, it's not a, it's not a, say what you see, thrash metal kind of uh, lyric record, whatever you want to say. I'm looking back to over the last 120, 30 years at kind of, let's say to the name that was about the movement of empires, you know, the, the of borders of nation states that were eclipsed and the people within them and their languages and mythologies that were, where did they go, were they forgotten, etc. This album is more about um, the resistance fighters within who are resisting against colony and empire. Um, the the doomed resistance, the the heroic nationalistic characters of both right and left, or none at all, or 
um, just poets or, you know, people who resisted authoritarianism in whatever measure or shape that might have been in their, um, you know, in their own countries. And so, um, or continents. And that's kind of what, um, that's kind of what the general feeling of the album revolves around, you know. It's about, it, it's got, a, it definitely the album has a romantic um, edge to it. I mean, you know, like say, I look at uh, this Irish poet called J- Joseph Plunkett, who's um, a great romantic hero here, but who also died during the 1916 Rising, was shot by the English um, the night, the day after marrying his childhood sweetheart. And there's five lines of one of his poems in the songs. And he, he there's, there's a version of him. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, you know, there's... One of the, you know, there's versions of him um, throughout all countries, um, male and female, these doomed resistance fighters. Um, and this album is sort of drawing on the mythology, the romance, and also the genuine resistance involved in um, the general, the commitment to a form of resistance that you know is doomed and will very well take your life. And it's sort of me saying, looking back over this historical influence and wondering where is that now Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Um, and asking the question, is this how it ends? Um, so, you know, when, how did you feel when you stood in line for the last time? That kind of thing. So it's apocalyptic, it's dark. It's not without hope, but it's not without much hope. <laughs> it doesn't got much hope. So, that, but that's primordial. Primordial has always had this weighty relationship to culture and history, and that's our own small little uh, trench we've been digging for 30 years, you know, so... I think people who love the band will feel energized by it and get that um, that 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 tone of and tone of resistance that's defiance that's running through it. I, I hope so, anyway. Yeah, well, I can imagine they would. And Primordial's always had this uh, dramatic and, like you said, this weight to it. Whether that's just in the sa- the sound, the lyrical content, or even sometimes just the artwork that uh, that that style that you guys have is is uh, it's very much your own. I think. Yeah. And, and, I mean, uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, and, I, I see, I see Primordial as a continuation of great Irish history, literary and historical tradition. We, we, mm-hmm. we, in our own small way, we pick up from the artists that inspired us. Um, and, um, I, you know, and it's but not about being Irish. It's not about Irish culture or tradition. We don't sing about Irish mythology, but it certainly is about... Um, we're picking up that thread. And to me, it would be a terrible shame to waste that about singing about nonsense. Um, I haven't got a single moment uh, of um, time in my life for any music with any sense of humor um, on any level ever. <laughs> and so Primordial has to be, I, you know, I have a, I certainly have a sense of humor. We're Irish, we're funny dudes. But I want music has to have this crushing historical weight, um, this end of the world weight to it. Um, that's what gives it its gravitas. Um, so we like to be in contradiction to um, mythology or folklore or how should we say fantastical heavy metal yeah. not mythology and folklore but, you know so but that's probably why we aren't bigger but that's just the way it is Primordial is not the band to escape to another world in it's very much about this world um, and about but not always this time even if it even if I use um, things from history to speak to this time so, but the album is, the album is kind of, you know, as, we, as Johnny Cash would say, uh, for the downtrodden and the 
<laughs> the um the oppressed i think that's the nature of this record it's almost kind of like a working class record on some level if you can if you can apply that you know i can yeah do do you remember when the time or when it's hot, when music started to uh what's the word take so much meaning for you like when always. did music start to matter like like and have and have to have that weight and heft and always and always I, always i never liked pop music when i was a kid i was a very um, bookish grown-up young teenager um mm -hmm. mainly i just read lots and lots of books um i remember as a kid listening to like fairport convention steel i span english folk um good you know rolling stones as well my parents had a good record collection um, and getting very into old blues like Bing Hopkins and um, Lead Belly and Muddy Waters when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, hearing that around the house. And which is, of course, um, you know, hugely emotionally resonant music itself. Um, and I always liked those things. I never liked pop music. I never had any time. I mean, I have no people say to me, oh, what's your guilty secrets and blah, blah, blah. None. I don't listen to anything. I don't listen to pop music. I don't listen to anything that has any... Um, uh, no, there's no light relief in my listening to <laughs> tastes. Um, all the things I like, there has to be, it has to have weight to it. Um, it has to have some darkness or some gravitas or else be ferociously angry or full of um, adrenaline or whatever you want to say. So uh, I'm the, the whole middle ground of all of this stuff never really interested me. So, um, And that's the same thing that drives me and promoted and whatever is that I'm sort of fucking, you know, it's kind of relentless <laughs> and um, there's no off switch. There's no chill time. There's no nothing like this, you know? So um, that's why I suppose and we're all promoting, you know, music is not created in a vacuum. It's like when you hear funeral mist and if you know Daniel and you know him, he creates this out of his fucking head. Um, that's the, who he is. And primordial is who we are. This tragic enveloping sorrow and this, Sadness um, comes from understanding Irish history and the great darkness that sort of envelops it and the poverty and tragedy and famine and emigration. And it's all in there. And this earthy nature of the, of, of the island we live on, this sodden, earthy, windswept nature, it, it, it's, it's in the sound. It's like when you hear Drudk when you've been to Ukraine, you go, yeah, I get it. Or Wine Slave mm. sounds, like, sounds like it does because you've stood in a freezing fjord and, you know, in winter and go, yeah, I get it why it sounds like this. Or you've been in a boiling hot Athens in the Acropolis and you've gone, yeah, I get it why Rod in Christ and Varsaron sounds like this. I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's elemental. At least that's sure. how I feel about it. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, absolutely. I could, I totally understand what you're saying and, and get where you're coming from. Um, I, I know it's been asked and I've seen it kind of addressed in press materials, but how it ends despite sounding like it's the end of Primordial, isn't, right? No, I mean, Primordial has to end at some stage. But no, no, it's, sure. it's, I, did, yeah. I did it deliberately yeah, to make it cryptic so that people might think that or might think a lot of things. Um, no, it's, that's not really what it's about. The, the imagery on the cover, I wanted, a, I wanted a, <clears throat> a poster that was like a, a propaganda poster. But I didn't yeah, why does that look familiar? What's, what do I know that from? Um, the, you the wouldn't, imagery. I don't think... You wouldn't. It's it's the cover of the Irish Farmers Journal in, from 1922 or 1926. Um, it does look a bit familiar, but I wanted it to be a um, like a um, a propaganda poster, but not Soviet or not American um, or English or whatever. But to be really Irish. So originally huh. there was no gun. It was a sheath of wheat, and it was about farming. Um, and I was we're sitting in the pub. Near, we recorded the album in the middle of nowhere in the uh, mountains, just outside our Dublin. And we, me and the engineer, were in the pub. And we we're talking about the artwork in the cover, and it was just there on a poster in the hallway. And I was like, "Look at that, 1926." So I just took a photograph of it. And me and my friend who make the art, we changed it. And the question is: Is this how it ends? Always is this how people eventually have to react to authoritarian measures and movements and? Um, like I said, the kind of doomed romance of the 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 sort of um, doomed revolutionary, uh, I suppose, is 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 that how it ends? And so that was the kind of nature of where the idea came from. But it ha but it looks very Irish somehow, and that's really exactly what I was going for. You. Know? It does, and you know what? For some reason, it reminds me of uh, like a 
a wartime propaganda thing that we had here. I mean, way before I was born of a guy standing in a field, looking up at planes, yeah, like a worker, you know, so like maybe yeah. that's where I'm just making no, it make you're sense totally, in my own you're head. Totally, you're totally on course. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly the kind of thing that inspired this. And I collect uh, those kind of posters and images. And I, 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 I mean, I just go through, like, I mean, I have an entire folder of just like hundreds of images that I come across that I like. And then I try and buy things that look like that. I collect, I like, like I love Leibach, the band Leibach. And I love mm-hmm. their artwork. And I love this kind of brutalist. I like brutalist architecture. And I like to visit Eastern Europe and look at um, brutalism and stuff. So, I, I, but I didn't want, that doesn't really reflect Primordial being Irish. So, you know, so that's what I wanted. And so I think that's what we got. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, I, you know, I found uh, something recently about you that I didn't know, and uh, I've been checking it out. You do a podcast called Agitators Anonymous. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you, seems like you get about a, an episode a week, and you've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, man. I started two weeks into lockdown. I'm on episode 177 now. Um, it's growing a lot. I get, creating for a podcast, quite a lot of listens, um, you know, uh, and it was a bit of therapy in the beginning. Um, and then I just sort of enjoyed doing it. And then it's, you know, I just talk about literally everything from, um, you know, kind of like um, it could be music industry stories all the way to um, uh, um, like I'll do something about the history of Afghanistan and the great game. I'll do some stuff about um, I'll do the life of Alistair Crowley. I'll do stuff about your way British heavy metal. Um, I'll do also some stuff that, you know, um, you know, stuff about like hate speech bill legislations or some things about, you know, modern politics, the World Economic Forum. And what I always try and stick to the principle that skepticism is the only rational perspective on everything to begin with. And that freedom of speech is the most important thing. And to try and hold the middle ground to be in the, what do they call it, the dangerous middle, to realize that the choices in life were handed by these institutions of state and governance and unelected technocratic um, multinationalism are um, not binary. They're not. It's not about um, good or evil or being on the right side of history and that things are much more complicated and nuanced. And so I try and hold the ground between all of those things and make it, um, you know, kind of uh, quite all over the place and in many respects. And um, yeah, people seem to like it. And also people seem to resonate with people that I was sort of speaking out about some of the things they saw around them Um that they'd questioned as well, but were told that they were insane for questioning. So I try and hold the middle ground, you know, and I try and admit my faults and fuck ups. And um, yeah, it's, I, I like doing it, you know, it, it's made, it's made for, you know, uh, Irish people who can be organized enough to translate their gift of the gab and their ability to speak off the cuff into um, something for people to listen to. And also sometimes people just like the sound of your voice when you're Irish <laughs> to accept that. <laughs> Well, you know, I was listening earlier today and it was the, it was the first time in a long time where I had to turn off. Well, I had to turn down my two times speed. I can't I can't do you two times as fast, but I can I can take it at least one and a half. Oh, you mean you listen to podcasts on not the right speed? Oh, my God. Yeah. I listen to everything. Two times. Two times the speed. All right. Yeah. That kind of annoys me because people's voices change and it makes people too high pitch or something for me, you know, I'm very particular about a podcast. It totally fucks up the sound of their voice. But when I don't know if you're like me, I have a fucking list of stuff I want to listen to every day. And it's just an easy way, easy way to get through it all. Good. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm speaking often uh, like without a script off the cuff quite fast. Um, And so, yeah, I could imagine that might sound a little bit strange, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like I did one about the Haitian revolution. Um, Toussaint Louverture and all that kind of stuff. I'm just again totally fits into the concept of the album. Um, the doomed liberator um, from you know uh, empirical oppression, whatever you want to say. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I kind of don't script things. Sometimes I do some notes, but I generally try and get into the zone and then just blah, just speak straight sure. for 40, 45 minutes. You know. But anyway, that's impressive. That's that's very cool to do. How it ends drops uh, the 29th. And yeah. then, and then, what's then? What happens with the band for the rest? Let's say the rest of the year that you can talk about. We, we, we tour Europe with Paradise Lost for like three weeks, mm. and then we have some gigs in Greece, I think, Portugal, Spain. I'm moving into next year. We're actually playing Maryland Death Fest next year, and we're doing a week 
um, in America around it. First time in ages, like eight days, including club shows. So that's to be announced. So hopefully that works out. And it's been a long, too long since we played in America. So that's the plan. And then festivals and next summer, and I guess we'll see if the world is still spinning on its axis by then. Hopefully we'll all still be part of it before we, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil and become carbons and atoms once again, you know.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with AA. The song you heard was Victory Has 1,000 Fathers Defeat is an Orphan. Off of How It Ends, out Friday, September 29th through Metal Blade Records. Excellent record if you haven't heard it all, but I'm sure you'll all be chomping at the bit to get the rest of it after hearing those two singles. The one, of course, we played earlier before the interview, Pilgrimage to the World's End, and this one you just heard there. Uh, thanks to AA for his time, for his conversation, for his explanation on all things primordial. And thanks to you for listening this far into the podcast. I always appreciate that. As always, I'd appreciate it if you'd head over to gettingitout.net and check out what's going on there. This week so far, there's a new video from Alien Weaponry. There's a brand new track from Canadian metalcore band, A Morning Star. It's very long. Would it be easier if my flesh tangled through this blade from their new album, A Reminder of the Wound Unhealed? which is uh, seriously a throwback sound to the early 2000s. Uh, you get it with the sound, with the look of the record, with the sound of the music, of course, and the long-ass titles with too many words. Uh, but be on the lookout for more stuff coming on gettingitout.net. I'm going to get to work on my end-of-year list soon. You know, I, <laughs> I heard this incredible record the other day, uh, over the weekend. It's a new one from Mondo Drag. And I can't get over it. And I keep going back to it. And I'm thinking, well, this has got to be it, right? This has got to be my favorite record of the year, which makes me realize I need to go back through everything. I need to start now. There's a big playlist I've been making since January 1st of my favorite records of this year. And I'm sure I'm missing stuff. So I need to be thorough. I need to get that list right. It should be something we're anxious about. The best of the year 2023 list. Maybe Primordial will be on that list. I don't know. I've yet to decide. Maybe I'm going to make several lists. Lists are fun. All right. Remember when BuzzFeed came out and it was listicles all over the place? The golden era of the internet, as I like to call it. Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. But first, of course, I need to leave you with a song. This one is going to be from the Icelandic metal trio Fortid. It's their new single. It's called Upscara. It's coming from their forthcoming new full-length Narcissus. It's out October 13th on Lupus Lounge. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.